This is the off-season podcast. Today is July 26th. I am your host, Ryan Hammer. Normally, I will try to have new guests on almost every episode, but because this is the first ever episode of the off-season podcast, I will be flying solo to kick things off, and it might be a little shorter than normal. With the NBA draft coming up this Thursday, July 29th, this episode will be mostly dedicated to that. I'm going to run through my mock draft, some trade-up situations, and draft day trades, my favorite prospects, my least favorite prospects, and I will answer your questions from TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. I'm going to kick things off by running through some of my favorite and least favorite prospects in this year's NBA draft. These aren't necessarily guys that I think are the best or the worst or going to be the best or the worst. These are just guys that I like watching, and I also like for where they're most likely going to get drafted in terms of what number pick. I'll start with my favorite guys to start off strong. In the top tier, guys, there's four guys in the top tier. We all know that. But out of those guys, Jalen Suggs is my favorite. I love watching him. I like the way he plays. He not only has high IQ, like a lot of the guys at the top, but he has the athletic skills to combine with that, and he has great court vision. I think this guy's really going to succeed, especially because on day one, he's going to run an NBA offense. Whether he's in the Raptors or someone trades up for him, whatever it is, whatever team he's on, he will run an NBA offense and get that experience behind him. And I really, really, really look forward to seeing that. I think he could be a top 10 point guard in four or five years easily. Other guys I like in the first round, Josh Giddy, the international prospect. I think he's only 18 years old still. He might be 19, but I think he's still 18. Josh Giddy out of Australia, the NBL, just like LaMelo last year. Big guard. He's six foot eight. He's not super fast or athletic or anything like that. And he's not super exciting. Uh, but he has those he has those playmaking abilities. He has really good court vision. He can score the ball well. He has a couple things that show how raw of a prospect he is. He has this weird hitch in his shot where he like offsets his feet one in front of the other. Um, but he's he's just different than the rest of the prospects. And I think that if he gets put in a situation where he can play point guard, like Luca does, like Lamelo does, as bigger guards, he will succeed just like they have. Another guy I like in the first round is Chris Duarte. He's probably going to end up going in the mid-teens right after the lottery, I would say. Um, but this guy, I mean, he's 24 years old. I want I do want to preface that. He's the oldest prospect, I think, in the whole draft. And he'll definitely be the oldest prospect in the first round selected, maybe in a long time also. But he's going to offer great instant impact. And like teams that need, need impact right away, like the Pacers, like the Warriors especially. I know the Warriors have been working out him a lot at, for pick 14 if they don't trade that away, obviously. Um, but I think he can offer instant impact just like guys like Dylan Brooks and Peyton Pritchard have from Oregon as experienced guards and wings in the last couple of years. So I think he could be a really good fit for a lot of different teams, not just those teams, but he could offer instant impact no matter where he is. One guy I like in the second round is Charles Bassey. He might not go. He might go late first round. You never know. Um, but he is a center from Western Kentucky. If you don't know who he is, he led, I think he was top four or five in shot blocking in the NCAA last year. He was top four or five in rebounding. This guy is an absolute monster. He's an absolute force, and he is going to terrorize people. He's going to be good right away. I really, really think that as long as he gets PT, obviously, that's good playing time. Um, but he wears his shorts also really high, like almost like he plays in the 60s. Uh, and his style is in the paint. Like, not, I'm not going to compare him to Shaq, but the same kind of style where they just terrorize people in the paint on both ends of the floor. Um, so I think that he could be a steal for a team and offer some really good instant impact. He's really strong, his body and physical tools are definitely NBA ready. For guys that I don't like, I have two guys that I don't like. Now, I want to preface and say that I don't think they're going to be complete busts. I'm not saying that. It wouldn't really surprise me, but I just don't like where they're getting drafted. The first one is Franz Wagner. People are saying Franz Wagner should be a top 10 pick. 
teams he might be like he, he probably will end up being a lottery pick i his physical tools are so unimpressive like he's not fast he's not all the little things that the raw prospects get drafted so high for he has none of but what he has what what he does well is defending using his iq and awareness which is very good and, and honestly you really can't teach those things very easily as easily as you can teach working on your jump shot and working on agility and speed but franz wagner i just don't think he has the physical tools to give himself a high ceiling so like i i'm not a gm i am a nobody basically to the gms but i would not draft him in the lottery i probably wouldn't draft him until like later in the first round this is just me another guy is moses moody People were talking about Moses Moody being a top 10 pick. He's fallen a little bit on draft boards, thankfully, because I think it's more realistic now to be in the mid-teens. Um, he's balanced, though. He's an all-around wing. There is stuff to like about him. Like, he's quick. He's a good defender. He works hard. But I think he disappears too much. Like, if you watch the NCAA tournament games where Arkansas makes an Elite Eight run, I he just I don't think he was the best player on the court for them half the time. And as the quote-unquote best player on the team, because he was the best player on the team, but I just don't think in those games that he was consistently the best player on the team. He's a streaky shooter, which that kind of led to that. And off-ball, like, he isn't the greatest. He's not really creating enough for himself when he needs to be. And in the NBA, I think that's going to cause a, sh- a rough transition for him. He is 19. He's got time. He has the physical tools. Uh, I just I question if it'll happen as easily as people think it will happen. If that, that's, I think that's fair, though. I think that's fair. Now, one of the best things on draft night in any sport, really, is, but in the NBA, because this is coming this week, is trades that happen, whether they include, because all the time they include picks and picks are thrown into NBA trades, I would say more than any other sport. So I'm going to run through some of these potential draft night trades, including high picks, low picks, players that I could see happening. And I would put money on that at least one of them will happen, at least one, at least one. The first one is the Warriors. I The Warriors have picked 7 and 14 because of where the Timberwolves fell um, in the lottery. And I think there's no way that they stay at 7 and 14. Obviously, 7 is incrementally more valuable than 14. It's higher. Like, it's that simple. Um, and I think and everyone knows the Warriors are in the market for someone to go get a title. Clay is back. Who knows how good he'll be on both ends of the floor. Draymond and Steph, everyone's aging. So this is it. They have another year or two to make a run of the title. And that is it. So they are probably going to package one, if not both of them, and maybe even James Wiseman for someone else, whether that's Pascal Siakam or Bradley Beal, or even the guy like Ben Simmons, honestly, and they can go get another guy for the defensive end of the floor to, to offer help there. I don't know what it's going to be. If you're asking me, I would say they trade seven and Wiseman and something else for like Siakam, I think is the most likely situation. I think 14, they want to keep and get a guy like Duarte or Moses Moody or something like that. The next one is, is I mentioned Simmons before, is the Sixers. The, oh, Lord only knows what the Sixers are going to do with Ben Simmons. They only want an all-star, but they're going to require picks or all-star level, level all-star level player, sorry. Um, but they're going to require picks in that also, whether even it's from the Cavs, the Thunder, the Blazers. Like I like those types of teams with they, what they have to offer to go get Ben Simmons. Now, I doubt that this will happen on on draft night. I don't, I question it at least because I think this one derives more from a player instead of picks. So the picks could be future picks. Um, but this is something to, definitely to look out for if the Sixers look to shop Ben Simmons on draft night. The next one is the Thunder. This is not the Thunder trading back. This is the Thunder trading up in some way, shape, or form. They have pick six, pick 16, and pick 18 this year. And we all know I think they have 17 or 18 first-round picks in the next seven years. And that's you can't, like, you can't draft 17 people in the first round in the next seven years. They're never all going to be on your team. 
So you have to use those picks. The way I think it happens is the Thunder use any combination of 6-16 six, six, and, six, and 18 and maybe a player or whatever, or future picks, whatever it is, to go get a top three pick. They're, are they going to get Cade? Well, I'll talk about that in a second. Probably not, but trading up for the one is a little, I guess, ambitious. Um, but if they like a guy like Evan Mobley or Jalen Green or Suggs even, like if they like we need this guy, he's at the top of our draft board, they have they are the only team in the league that can go get whatever they want right now in terms of draft picks. They can go get whatever pick they want because they can just dump picks into it. They have so many. Um, I think that they'll move in some way from one of those three picks to move up. The next one, I mentioned Colin Sexton before. If the Cavs do want to trade Colin Sexton, they could do it for a good pick package. Maybe they'll use Sexton to move up if they really wanted to get Cade Cunningham. I don't think that's going to happen either. But they might. if they trade Sexton, it probably will be before or on draft night, and they'll use it for extra picks. The next, we'll talk, actually, let's talk about the Pistons. Pistons trading out of number one. I don't think it's going to happen. I think they're going to end up taking Cade and just calling it a day because that's a generational talent right there. Like many other, some guys are, but it's Cade. I think the only two teams that I could see trading up are the Rockets and the Thunder. Like I said, I don't think the Cavs are going to be like, we'll give you Sexton to pick three and another one and whatever for Cade. I don't think they're going to give up all that. And I think the Rockets who have pick two, pick 23 and 24 and guys like Jay Shante and KPJ to offer. I think that makes the most sense uh, in terms of, cause they only move back one spot, the Pistons and they get whoever's second on their draft board, which isn't that terrible. Cause they get a lot of extra stuff with it. I don't think it's going to happen. Like I said, but I think the thunder could also, I mentioned it before they have six, 16, 18, a lot of future picks and I could easily see them making it happen. I don't think they would trade SGA is the problem. I think the Pistons would be like, you need to give us six, 16 SGA and another pick or like something like that. And I don't think that the Thunder are going to be like, we're going to trade our best player because they have to, they can't just keep rebuilding forever. Although sometimes it does seem like Sam Presti is just going to rebuild forever. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen, but who knows? The next thing I'm going to get into now, I want to get into some pick implications. So when one team it happens in the NFL, I think, more than anything else. Like when an NFL team takes a quarterback in the draft and people didn't know if they were taking a quarterback or not, people were like, oh my God, what are they doing? So like when Jordan Love got drafted two years ago, Packers fans were like, whoa, whoa what's happening? Are we dra- trading Aaron Rodgers right now? Like, So in the NBA, it's a little different because positional needs are a little less important than the NFL, um, but there are implications and I have a few of them I'm going to go over. The first one is the Cavaliers. Sexton, they're shopping him, obviously, but... If they take a point guard and they don't trade Colin Sexton on draft night and they draft Jalen Suggs, then they are trading Colin Sexton. They are committing to trading Colin Sexton because they can't have – they with a top four pick, with number three pick, they can't have on their roster Colin Sexton, Jalen Suggs, and Darius Garland. It's not going to work like that. They can't play all three of them at the same time. So I think if they take a point guard, Sexton will be on the move shortly after, if not already. The second one is my Atlanta Hawks. John Collins is a free, a restricted free agent, actually. They're trying. I think they're trying to do their best. They're going to try to offer him whatever they can. But they took Onyeka Okongwu last year, who plays the 4-5. He can play the 4 easily next to Capella. He is hurt, but we, he's obviously a top-10 pick. If the Hawks take a power forward or a forward in general, they are preparing for Collins to move on because we need a point guard right now. Lou Williams hit free agency. Brandon Goodwin's hitting free agency. A lot of guys are on. We have no backup for Trey right now, which we desperately need. And we saw that we need when he went down in the playoffs. But so we could move for a guy like Trey Mann or something like that at pick 20. But if the Hawks take a power forward, they are preparing for Collins to move on in free agency and go somewhere else. The last one 
is another point guard situation. The Raptors at four, if Jalen Suggs is on the board and they take Jalen Suggs, they are obviously planning for Kyle Lowry to move on. I think this is a very, very, very likely situation because I think Lowry is ready to go win again before his career starts to like kind of come to a close on a decline. I think he's going to end up at the Lakers or the Sixers because um, the Raptors are not winning a title next year. I hate to say it. Uh, but So I could definitely see them taking Suggs. I think it's the most likely situation out of all three of these, to be fair. Now the part that I think most people were probably most excited for is my mock draft. I'm not going to do the whole thing. like It's 60 picks long. I'm not reading 60 picks right now. But my entire thing will be on my Twitter, at RyanHammer09, when this podcast gets released. I will run through my first round, which is 30 picks. I'm not going to sit and talk about every single pick, but I'll try to get to what I can. The first pick is easy. I'm Also, I'm doing no trades, by the way. This is my mock with no trades because it's hard to predict, and I'm just going to run through who I think each team will pick at where they are based on what they need. The Pistons are taking Cade Cunningham. I'm not talking about this. There's nothing related to it. It's a generational talent. That's their man of the future. The Rockets at number two. I think Evan Mobley is the second best prospect, and the Rockets need everything. I could see them taking Jalen Green here. I think it makes sense, but I think Evan Mobley is a better overall NBA prospect, and the Rockets aren't going to pass that up. With that, I think the Cavs don't take Jalen Suggs, which I used to think, and if they were moving on from Sexton, I think they take Jalen Green because he can still pair with Garland pretty well. Darius Garland averaged like six assists last year, a very, very steep increase in his assists from college and his first year in the NBA. So I think he can be a point next to Jalen Green. They can pair pretty well. I think it makes sense. The Raptors at four. There's only four top players in the top four. There's nothing else to it. There's a pretty big drop-off after that. The answer is Jalen Suggs there. Lowry is going to be moving on. So they will take Jalen Suggs. And I think that's a great fit. I think it'll be one of the best fits of the entire draft if this if the Raptors take Jalen Suggs. The Magic at five. This is where it gets tricky. I think they go for a forward. Their guards' positions are weird. They have Cole Anthony and RJ Hampton, a lot of young guys. You look at the bigs, they have Wendell Carter. They have Jonathan Isaac. I'm a big Jonathan Isaac fan. I think pairing Jonathan Kaminga at pick five with Jonathan Isaac would be great for the forward spots. I think that'd be perfect. Super versatile. Both of them play both ends. And I think Kaminga is the fifth best prospect in the draft. Uh, So Kaminga going there. The Thunder at six, one of their many picks. I think they take Scotty Barnes. I think Scotty Barnes is one of those guys who's going to be a like terrorizing offenses and, and guards and, and any, any kind of player on defense for years to come. And I think that's something that Thunder don't have. Realistically, they need anything, like whatever best available is. And I think Scotty Barnes will offer something that they haven't drafted in the last few years. They have guys like SGA. Lou Dort is kind of similar, but he's like kind of like a 3 and D both-way player. They have guys like Poku and stuff like that. I think Scotty Barnes is so unique and will balance out that team very, very well. Next is the Warriors at seven. The only thing they need is another title run. So I think they need the best instant impact guys, like I said. And they're probably not going to be drafting here. I don't think they are, at least. Um, but let's say they are, obviously. They would love to take Scotty Barnes here. I don't see why they wouldn't. But because he's gone, I think they go James Booknight. He's the second best scorer in the draft to me. Maybe the best behind Jalen Green. Uh, and I think he's going to be great to have off the bench. Like I said before, how Chris Duarte could offer that for the Warriors off the bench over Jordan Poole. I think James Booknight will be a better scorer than Jordan Poole off the bench on the Warriors. The Magic back up again at eight. They have pick five and they have pick eight, which is great. Another thing where they just go best available, I think. Like they're in such a weird spot where you can you can debate to me that like they have a point guard. They're good. They don't need a point guard. They have a power forward. They're good. They don't need a power forward. But that's why they go best available because they're really in the in the ducks of things. So because of that, I think they go Davion Mitchell. I think he's going to, similar to what I said about Scotty Barnes and the Thunder, 
offer something completely different to the backcourt that the Magic have. I think RJ Hampton and Cole Anthony have potential together on the same team, whatever it might be. I think Davion Mitchell offers something that they don't, especially on the defensive end of the floor. He was the defensive player of the year in the NCA for a reason. I think he's the best outside defender and guard defender in the entire draft. He might be the best. It's him and Scotty Barnes, to be honest, and that's kind of how it is. The next one I got, the Kings are another weird one. They, I think they're trading Buddy Heald. As of recording this, Buddy Heald is in trade talks to go to the Lakers, so they could go for a wing, um, but I think they need a forward or center. I think Marvin Bagley's time is running out on the Kings, not because he's – I don't think he's terrible. I just think with the issues they have in the clubhouse with him, that's why he's really running out of his time, and he's not that great either. But they do have Rashawn Holmes, but I think pairing – a guy like they another team that would love Scotty Barnes here. I think they'd be a great pick. I think that Alperen Sangoon, who is an international prospect, will be the first international prospect off the board. For anyone who doesn't know him, he's a pretty versatile forward and center. Can kind of do it all coming from Europe. I think he'd be the, he's going to be the pick here. Or I think Kai Jones would be the pick otherwise, but I'm going to go with him. Pelicans at 10. Pelicans are another weird team. Like Lonzo's probably going to be on his way out, so they could use a guard. I also think they could use a wing that can offer some extra scoring supplement, like three and day or extra scoring supplement. And because of that, I think they're the first team that really wants Corey Kispert. I think it's a pretty good fit too. pair him next to Ingram and Zion just to offer a completely, completely different style of scoring. Um, and like I said, I think he's going to transition pretty smoothly to the NBA Hornets at 11. Another, another, a lot of the teams at top just need like so many different things. I could see the Hornets going wing for a three and D type player or a big guy because I don't think they have, they don't have good depth, great depth there. I think they would love Corey Kispert here. I also think they might consider Moses Moody here. And I think they're going to end up taking Kai Jones out of Texas, the big man. I think they could really use him. And I think he'll be good paired next to Miles Bridges if they ever do get the both like play at the same time. Uh, the Spurs at 12. Spurs, see, international prospects, you always think about them. You always think about the Spurs, especially they're at 12. Josh Giddy is on the board right now. I think they look at him and they're thinking about it, but I think they ultimately go with best available because they need more of an offensive option at forward or center than they need another point guard. Because like De- De- DeJounte Murray is very good. I like him. I don't think he can be the only good guard on a team. I think he's better off paired with a true point guard and him playing the two and playing both ends of the floor. Um, But with that being said, I think they end up going big. Like I said, I think Jalen Johnson is a great fit. I know they've been working him out a lot. So I think Jalen Johnson offers super versatile play on that small forward and power forward for them would be a great fit because they can play with DeJounte and Lonnie Walker while they start to transition. They run them too with Keldon and Jalen Johnson. I don't hate it at all. The Pacers, I, they kind of have a pretty balanced team. I think they go best available. I think Josh Giddy finally gets his, his name called and he gets on stage. Josh Giddy with Malcolm Brogdon, Karis LeVert, TJ Warren, Sabonis. They might trade Miles Turner, but Miles Turner, that's a good six right there. Like, And they don't really have a true point guard. I like Brogdon. I think he could play alongside Giddy because they're both kind of combo guards. So putting both of them on and then Karis LeVert at the three um, or Warren, and I think Karis LeVert better than TJ Warren for the record. So Karis LeVert and then Warren off the bench with Sabonis and Miles Turner, if he's still on the team, um, is a pretty good team. I think the Pacers could make a pretty good jump from where they were this year back into playoff realm next year. Next up, we get the Warriors back at 14. I have them taking Moses Moody here. 
Kai Jones and Jalen Johnson, I think would be good for them to offer pretty good versatile impact. But I think they want Moses Moody. They want the wing to be able to just jump in, play 15, 20 minutes a game and offer whatever he can on both ends of the floor when Clay is not in, et cetera. The Wizards at 15, they could use some, honestly, just some regular versatility anywhere. They just like another weird team where they kind of have a couple bigs and Gafford and Bryant who was hurt all last year. Um, this is where I think Chris Duarte goes. I think if only if Beal and Russell Westbrook are still on the team, because then they say, you know what, which they're probably both not going to be. They both might be gone actually, but they can say, you know what, we can try to get back in the playoffs and make a little run here. So Chris Duarte offer instant impact. I, I think Duarte is the pick here. The Thunder back again. I think they just go young talent and take Keon Johnson, the best athlete in the draft. He broke the vertical record, and that man can absolutely soar. I think just they, like I said, the Thunder just got to go with whoever is best available on the board to add to their cesspool of young talent. The Grizzlies at 17 before the Thunder go again. The Grizzlies, I think they go best available. Another balanced team. I think they take Cam Thomas, who to me is one of the best scorers in the draft after those first two guys and Jalen Green and James Booknight. Um, so I think they go Cam Thomas. I would love my Hawks to get him actually at 20, but I think he's going to be off the board. 18, I got the Thunder. Again, taking Zaire Williams, who out of Stanford, another wing guy. Like I said, these they're, they're going to be taking guys that are 19, 20 years old, max, maybe 18, that can just offer the best talent they can so that they can package them later on for a future star or they can just develop all every, their whole entire young academy of players. The Knicks at 19, I know they need a forward, but they have 19 and 21, so I think they have to go guard and forward. Sharif Cooper is the dream pick for the Knicks. That is the dream pick. That is what they do here. I am pretty confident in this. This is one of the ones that I'm very, very confident in they have to do if he's still on the board. I think Sharif Cooper is actually a better prospect than Davion Mitchell, and I think he's one. Of, he's the second best passer in the draft. Maybe the first, you can argue. like It doesn't really matter, but I think he could start for the Knicks in their offense at point guard and help them tremendously. My Hawks are up next. I think, like I said, they would love to go for a couple different guys like Cam, Cam Thomas would be great. I think we ended up going Isaiah Jackson. I think he's a really good forward to offer help, and I think John Collins is on his way out. That's why I think they're going to take him. The Knicks back up. I know they've been working at Trey Murphy a lot. I think they take Trey Murphy here. They got a guard with their 19th pick. They take 21 here. This is if they don't use him to trade, obviously. Like if Jalen Suggs fell past four for whatever reason, the Knicks would be like, oh my God, we'll give you 19, 21, and Emmanuel quickly. And you give we, we get Jalen Suggs and you get 19, 21, Emmanuel quickly to the Magic. I don't think either team says no to that. I don't know why the either team would say no to that. So the Lakers at 22, they just need a title run again. Depth, like I said, they might not have this pick. They might be trading it for to the Wizards for Westbrook or something like that. I think they would love Chris Duarte here. It'd be a perfect, perfect fit if he's on the board. Also Cam Thomas, but I think they end up going Josh Christopher with the best available a guy who can offer basically limitless scoring off the bench. The Rockets at 23 and 24. I think they just go best available. There's a bunch of guys you could take here. I think this is where Franz Wagner goes because at some point you got you can't let everybody slip from where they were quote-unquote thought to be. Um, and then I think they go international and take Usman Garuba uh, out of Spain. He, I think he's playing in the Olympics right now with Spain, um, but he's a pretty versatile big guy, so I think they could throw him into the mix with Christian Wood and whoever else, if Olenek is still on the team or not. Um, and then kind of go from there. The Clippers and the Nuggets at 25 and 26 both need backcourt. They would both love Sharif Cooper to be there, but I don't think he will. So I think the Clippers go with Trey Mann, point guard out of Florida. I love the way he plays. I actually wouldn't be surprised if my Hawks take him to back up Trey Young. Um, but I think the Clippers take Trey Mann at 25, and then the Nuggets take Io DeSumo 
at 26. I think he's a really, really good pairing next to Jamal Murray. I think they would be great together. I would love to see that. Pick 27, the Nets, another team that might not have their pick. They might just trade it to get any kind of player they can or to offload a contract. I think that they need another instant impact guy, an older experienced guy. That's why they go Jared Butler here out of Baylor, the combo guard. He, I think he's a senior this year, maybe he's a junior, um, but obviously the national champion, the MVP of the NCAA tournament. I think he's a guy that can just kind of offer whatever they need off the bench behind Kyrie and Harden. The Sixers at 28, they need a point guard, and I, I think they could go, go for some wing scorers. I think they would like Jared Butler here maybe, or Trey Mann or I or one of those guys, but I think they end up going with Quentin Grimes out of Houston, who to me was the best player in the entire NBA combine and the scrimmages. He was putting up like 20, 25 a game every time he played those games. Uh, very impressive. And I think he's only 21 years old, even after transferring from Kansas to Houston and his whole, it feels like a longer career. He's only 21. I think he's going to offer really good wing scoring for the Sixers. Pick 29. We're almost done here with the first round. The Suns, I think they need a point guard because I think Chris Paul might be on his way out. Um, even if he's even if he's not though, like they still need the backup point guard. And at pick 29, you're not going to get like a superstar most likely. So you might as well go for the backup point guard to develop. I think they would love Trey Mann. I think he'd be a really good fit here also. But I think, like I said, he's gone. So I think they go Miles McBride out of West Virginia. I think that makes a lot of sense. The Jazz at 30, last pick of the first round. Another team that could use guard depth to me at least. I think Miles McBride would be a good pick here. And I think they end up going to Sean Highland, otherwise known as Bones Highland at a VCU. Very versatile combo guard. Um, people are very excited for him. He's very exciting to 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 watch. So that's how I think it runs um, in the first round. Obviously, we'll see, but hopefully I can get a couple of these picks right. I think if standing this way, my favorite picks would be Jalen Suggs for sure to the Raptors. I think that's a great fit. I love that fit. I think Jalen Johnson to the Spurs is another really good fit. And then I think Cam Thomas and the Grizzlies throw him in next to Desmond Bain and Dylan Brooks and all their wing players they can throw in off the bench and even starting. I think that'd be awesome. And then Sharif Cooper to the Knicks is easily the best pick. I think it's a perfect fit, and I think it's a match made in heaven for both of them. All right, on to some Q&A, which I will do every week. You just submit the questions to me through my Instagram, Twitter, or TikTok. Instagram is at RyanHammer9, so is TikTok, and my Twitter is at RyanHammer09. First question, Ben Jones on TikTok asks, who will have a better career, Cade Cunningham or Jalen Green? I mean, it's kind of hard to say because, like, number one and two or number one and three prospects, they're both going to – it depends on their fits and where they end up, obviously. I think I'll stick with Cade. I think Jalen Green could be, like, a league-leading scorer at some point in his career. He's that good. And actually, if you go back and look at the high school rankings from, what is it, two years ago, I guess – with all these guys, Cade, Suggs, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, that whole high school class, Jalen Green was the number one prospect and decided to go to the G League for this with this experimental thing that him and Dacia Nix and Jonathan Kaminga have done. Um, but I will take Cade because, like, how could I not take Cade on that question? Next up, Alex is too cool. Alex is too cool. Nice name on TikTok. Who is the best rebounder in the draft? Who is the best perimeter defender? I assume he's talking about a guard. Um, I said Davion Mitchell before actually for that. So the answer is Davion Mitchell for that. I think he's the best defender, best guard defender, might be the best defender in the draft. And then best rebounder, Charles Bassey. I mentioned it before, I think, when I was talking about him. Um, he is an elite force down low, an absolute specimen of a big man. And he is going to terrorize. He has a, sorry, he has the opportunity to terrorize other bigs in the league. He's going to put on extra weight. He's already physically ready, um, but he is the best rebounder in the draft. 
The last thing isn't really a direct question, but in one of my videos on TikTok, the comments section was arguing about the best pure scorers in the draft. So here are my top three. I'm gonna give you my top three pure scores in the draft. I've talking about it before. Number one is Jalen Green, can shoot the lights out, can literally score from anywhere. I think this is a guy similar to how Anthony Edwards was putting up 25 a game um, in the latter of the season because he's on the Grizzlies, getting a lot of reps, getting a lot of usage, and he's very good, like deservingly so. Don't get me wrong. I love Anthony Edwards. But Jalen Green on the Rockets or the Cavs will be getting very similar kind of usage. So he is the best scorer in the draft, and everyone will see that. James Booknight at number two, and Cam Thomas at number three. I like him. I like his story also, his back, his background, but he's going to be a really good scorer that somebody gets as a steal, I think, in the late teens of the draft. And that does it for the first ever episode of the Offseason Podcast. I appreciate everybody for listening. Thank you all for the support. Leave a five-star review. Follow me on social media for more. Like I said, RyanHammer9 on TikTok and Instagram, and then RyanHammer9, RyanHammer09 on Twitter. Don't do RyanHammer9. Someone stole it from me. But RyanHammer09 on Twitter, where you can see my entire mock draft, and I will put it up with a big board so that you can see what teams would pick as their backup picks and what their choices are. But again, I appreciate you all for listening, and I hope everybody has a lovely week. See ya.